Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dugout.UK football podcast. I'm Ollie Coulson and I'm joined by my co-host Lee Tootle. Lee, how are you this evening? Very well, and you? Yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. Um, this week we're not going to be talking about football news or, or any leagues. We're going to be talking about a challenge I set Lee a couple, of, a couple of days ago and it's to come up with a world's best 11 in 2026. So we're looking at who's going to be the 11 best players in the world who can fit in one team in five years time um obviously i think it's quite an interesting kind of time limit because it doesn't just mean young prospects you know people who are 17 18 out it can also mean players who are 23 24 and who are going to be in their prime years um so i think it's a really interesting challenge um and we'll just get straight into it so a goalkeeper there's only really one option isn't it and it's jean-louis donnarumma yeah, <laughs> I was going to try and be left field with this, but I, I'd have just made a tit of myself in doing so. So um, Donnarumma, yeah. yeah. Player at tournament at Euro 2020. Yeah, He's moved to PSG. It, it's all going in. It's all falling into place, isn't it? The one thing that amazes me with Donnarumma is he's 22 years old and he's already, and he, and he got 251 appearances for AC Milan. 33 for Italy already. You know he's been play. He's been playing for a very long time. Italy put their invested in him. AC Milan invested in him at a very young age, and it's paying off. And now he's got his move to PSG. He might not be the starter there immediately with Keylor Navas, but in a year or two, he's going to be the starting keeper at PSG, and it's looking very unlikely they'll get rid of him for the next ten years. So yeah, I think I think we can just go straight in there. Gianluigi Donnarumma is our key pick. Honourable shout for a left field one I was going to go for, and the bias is kicking in here. Ilan Melier, I think, is going to be a fantastic keeper. He is so yeah. comfortable already with the ball at his feet. He's a great shot stopper. I, you know, I think he's in with a shout, but I don't think he's going to be the top keeper. Maybe a Larice kind of keeper, I, mean, I suppose. That- has been amazing, really, for Leeds United since joining them. I mean, he was there in the Championship, wasn't he? There was like... Yeah, he were, were on loan initially from Lorient with us. And um, he only started playing... He played against Arsenal. He played in the Cup, basically. He played against Arsenal and he played after Kiko Casillas' ban. He, he, he finished the season after that. And then has become the, the undisputed yeah. Leeds United. Um, but moving on to right-back... Um, there's a couple of options here. Um, we'll start with the kind of more obvious one, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, he's an, that's my pick. <laughs> he's an elite player already, you know, won the Champions League and the Premier League with Liverpool. Clearly one of, if not the best right back in the world. Um, I know we personally, we've got our doubts about some of his defending and, you know, one-on-one defending and stuff. But I mean, he's, what, 22, 23 years old, five years time, he'll have ironed that out. He's going to be coming towards his prime years, his peak years, he's going to be, like, it, it's a massive, massive opportunity for him to just become one of one of the all-time greats in right-back, isn't, isn't he, really? Fully. Uh, the, the only thing which could crash him being the right-back option is if Klopp decides he's now a midfielder, which I think is something he might see later in his career, a bit like Josh Kimmick did. <laughs> He is, he is an incredibly good crosser. I could see him yeah. playing as an advanced player and coming into the half space and crossing in. Yeah. Another shout we're right back because we're going to try and offer different shouts each position. Yeah. Uh, Akrap Hakimi, just gone to PSG. Um, he was brilliant when he was at Dortmund and he was brilliant for Inter Milan. 
Um, he's a quality, quality player, fantastic attacking talent. Um, any thoughts on Hakimi? He was initially in my team until I gave my head a shake and remembered that not putting Trent in would just have been petty at this point or, or just a deliberate left field pick. But I think Hakimi, so, I would so- have had him on there, but I just think he, he's... He's very much a, a, an attacking wing back in the sense that I don't think he looks so comfortable in a back four. I think Trent has the ability to play in either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's much more seen, of a wing back. We've seen Trent in a back four for Liverpool for four, what, four years now, four or five seasons. And, um, he, you know, they've stuck by him and rightfully so, I think. So, yeah, I think our pick, our pick for that position will be Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, moving on to centre back. Um, now I'm I'm just gonna just stop the conversation right here. It's Ruben Ruben Diaz has to be one of them. He's 24 years old. He's already one of the best defenders and best central defenders in the world. And um, today just won UEFA Defender of the Year. Um, won the Premier League in his first season with Manchester City. Effectively replaced Vincent Company a year late. I mean, what do you think of Ruben Diaz? He's he's just fitted so well into Manchester City, hasn't he? He's yeah, I've picked him <clears throat> yeah. purely because I look at where Van Dijk was at the age of twenty-four, and I look where Ruben Diaz is at the age of twenty-four. I think in five years' time, he's easily on Van Dijk's level. I'm not going to be. I'm sure you would say he's there now. Oh, yeah. I just I just think in terms of he's still a little bit rash sometimes. He's and I don't think he quite has the... I think people have almost forgotten how brilliant Van Dyke currently is because he hasn't played for that long. Even seeing him just against Burnley the other day, just you think, oh, the th- oh no, Van Dyke's there. And I know Diaz does that, but I think just... I think in five years' time, he's easily at that level, though. I mean, Van Dyke so much maturity to that Liverpool backline. And that's what Diaz... Has, he's had the same effect on Manchester yeah. City. So in five years' time, God knows what kind of level he's going to be at. It's going to be something amazing. Um, the other person I picked was uh, Jules Koond at Sevilla. Um, I'm guessing you have a different opinion, but I yeah. just want to <laughs> touch on Jules Koond. Yes, he's a, he's a bit smaller. He's only five foot eleven, but he's fantastic in the air. Brilliant distributor. Brilliant at bringing the ball back out um, out of defence. He's just an all round fantastic, fantastic talent. And I think Sevilla are going to really regret losing him for such a cheap fee to Chelsea if that deal happens. But I'm getting, but as you say, you've got a different pick. So who are you going for? I've gone for Bastoni because, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> that is I mean, a fantastic. Yeah. The, the football manager in my head is saying he's a left footed ball playing defender and that doesn't happen very often. But no, I think you look at, Italy, they probably they had easily the best performing centre back pairing in the Euros. Benucci and Chiellini, whatever your opinions are on them as as people, which I'm going to brush over for now. Um, but um, they're I mean, very much on the way out. Yeah, I mean Bastoni is clearly going to replace yeah. Chiellini, and Chiellini is what near he's closer to forty now. Yeah. If anything, yeah. Bastoni <laughs> is old. I completely forgot about Alessandro Bastoni, and I really shouldn't have because I've used him in FM for God knows how many years now. But I, um, I do think he's he's already at a very very good level. Is in Inter's rotation. He isn't starting every game. I think he should be, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's more as a symptom of who's in front of him and you know their ability at the moment. But 
Bastoni, I think, is easily going to be up there with Ruben Diaz in terms of best defenders in five years' time. Yeah. Um, some of the honourable shouts, uh, <coughs> Matthias De Ligt, um at Juventus. Yeah. He was a fantastic Ajax team from 2018-19 that we all love. Um, just an all-round brilliant, mature, excellent defender. He hasn't had the greatest start at Juventus. He's had injury problems and he's been in and outside because obviously he's got Chiellini and Benucci in front of him. And why would you change one of the best centre-back partnerships of the past 15, 20 years? Um, but I think De Ligt is in that category of elite young defenders. Yeah. Uh, two options I also put on my list um, as potentials are a bit older. So they're going to be in the 30s come 2026. But Marquinhos and Amaric Laporte. I mean, these are two of the premier defenders at the moment. You know, Marquinhos at PSG, Amaric Laporte, Manchester City. Laporte is probably the best left footed defender, uh, best left footed central defender in the world at the moment. And you forget that they're not that old because of the level they're playing at. Like Marquinhos in your head's about 28, 29, because he's been around at that level for so long, but only about 26 to 27, yeah. which is crazy. And you think even. I mean, you look at Benucci, he's, what, 37, 38 years old, and he's still at that level. You know, if more and more centre-backs are going to be starting to reach that age, I mean, Sergio Ramos, 35 years old, now at PSG, still an elite-level defender. Um, you know, centre-backs, it's a position which you can play for a little bit longer um, than most. So, you know, you got, you got you can't forget these kind of defenders at 20, 27, 28, 26. They're still going to be in the conversation for best in the world in five years' time. Um, so I don't think you can rule them out, but um, obviously we're going to talk more a little bit more about youth. So I think, yeah, Diaz. Um, yeah, I'll give you Bastoni. Uh, I think Bastoni is a fantastic chat, and it gets the right left foot option as well. Yeah. Um, but moving on to left back, I mean, it's it's a, there aren't that many great young left backs around, but I think there's two around at the moment. Um, one who's a bit who hasn't kind of had his full breakout yet, and the other who definitely has. Um, the one who kind of hasn't, Nuno Mendes at Sporting Lisbon. Phenomenal young left back, really good attacking, really good defending. He's only 19 years old. Um, top teams are already sniffing around him. I know Man City have been looking at him all season. They're probably going to go for, go in for him at some point. What do you think of Nuno Mendes? I, I think he's brilliant. Um, uh, he's already at a good level, a brilliant level. So you know he's gonna get he's gonna get a move to a bigger team. He's gonna get a move to a better league sometime soon, and then we'll see what he's truly made of. But speaking of someone who is already at that level, and I imagine this is the person you've gone for, is Alfonso Davies. I haven't, haven't. Okay, I haven't gone for him. But but go on. <laughs> is he your pick? He, he's my. Yeah, we're gonna to have to debate this one out. I think. But Alfonso Davies, I mean, you can't really look past him as one of the best young left backs in the world at the moment. Joined Bayern Munich as a left winner from Vancouver in the MLS. Um, moved to left back. He's been a bona fide starter for them for a couple of seasons now. Elite talent, only 20 years old. Um, you know, was fantastic in that in the year when they won the Champions League. Uh, not last season, but the season before. Um, there's, there's not much really you can say about players from Bayern Munich because they're just they're all just bloody brilliant, really. Yeah. Fully. And Alfonso Davies, he's just going to go on, go on and become better and better and better. But you've picked someone else, so... I am surprised you didn't pick him, knowing your opinions on him as a player, but 
I've gone, and I, I did go for him because I assumed you probably wouldn't, I suppose, in the end, because of the other players. Teo Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teo I Hernandez. can see him getting a move to PSG before long. Um, I think that they were interested this summer and Milan said no, but obviously as his contract runs down over time, that'll change. But and, and that's because we're moving now a lot more towards a holding mid and fullbacks pushing on. And I, I got the numbers up for this as soon as he said Alfonso Davies because I thought this is going to be a hard one to kick. But non-penalty goals per 90 is in the 95th percentile of people who play in that position in the big five leagues in Europe. He's in the 87th percentile for assists and 80th for shot-creating actions across the big five leagues at left-back. Yeah, and. He- he, he's only um, 23, I think. So we're talking 28. Andy back, Robertson's kind of age. Back in the France squad as well. This yeah. international. And I think he's he's not as solid at the back as a lot of left-backs are at the minute. But I'd say if I had to pick one of them as a defender, if that's all you were looking for in that role, I think he'd, I think he'd pip it over Alfonso Davies. But as a defender, probably... Bayern um, don't have that issue because of how good they are. You don't have to defend yeah. if you're a fullback. Kimmich will just move. Davies <laughs> has that speed as well. I yeah. mean, Turner isn't exactly slow. He's a bloody fast defender. Um, he's fantastic. Um, yeah, I just, I just think Alfonso that little bit younger. Um, you gave, you gonna, gave, you gave me gonna... Bastoni. <laughs> you can have Alfonso. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to defensive mids, um, who's your who's your pick, or who who's your kind of options that you've got? Options that it's a very difficult position because there's a lot who can play defensive mid who aren't by trade. If that makes sense, a lot more who I would probably consider as a, a playmaker over a defensive mid. Frankie De Jong were in there for me, Frankie De Jong. But again, I see him as more of a kind of playmaker with a defensive mid behind him or at least in a two um i think looking at ages um rodri is probably in with a shout he's only 25 i think that'll make him 30 it's not a position where your athleticism is particularly important it's helpful but not crucial um he's only going to get better and better and better yeah um um and, and Didi's only 24, he could be, but I have gone for the one that I haven't mentioned that I think I'd mentioned in the previous one a few times. Joshua Kimmich's my pick. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be 31, I, but. Hey, that's, that's no yeah. age, really. I mean, look at Fernandinho playing at 36. You know, Joshua Kimmich, he's. I mean, I don't think you can really look past him now as one of the top five, 10 defensive mids in the world. He's brilliant. He's he's so good on the ball. Having played at right back, he's really good. He's obviously really good defensively. Um, in my options, um, I De Jong as well. I think he I think he's going to kind of move into that Sergio Busquets role for Barcelona not before long, and be that kind of deep line playmaker. I don't think he's going to be a, tra- a more traditional defensive midfielder like we'll see, say Rodri become or Joshua Kimmich already is sort of thing. I think we'll see. De Jong is that proper deep line playmaker, uh, more focused on passing than defending. Um, but the only other option I had for DM was Sandro Tonali. Um, 
I can't believe I missed him. <laughs> he has been forgotten about in the, in the past season. So he moved to AC Milan. He's been in and out of their team. But he's he's basically Perlo reborn. Um, proper deep-line playmaker. Just incredible, incredible talent. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on Joshua Kimmich because Kimmich is just fantastic. <laughs> There's not much else you can really say about I can't see I can't see the ones behind him overtaking him in the next five years. In, in terms of age, I can't see them being better than him in that time. But like you say, it's a position where you have more time to develop exactly. because and, your longevity in that positions. And I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of young defensive mids coming through, um, and there's and there and there is always going to be because because I mean, what happens at youth kind of level is players just get pushed back into that role if they're if they're good at one particular thing. You know, not everyone can be a striker in, in the academy. <laughs> no, but, that's um, true. But yeah, Kimmich is a—he's just unbelievable. Um, he's—he's he's one of those players because a lot, a lot of the time, what happens with German players is they just stay in Germany. Yes, yeah. you know, if the league is suitable, in you get but, snuffed up by Bayern Munich, and you—you're <laughs> there for life. You're a lifer at Bayern. But I'd love to see him come to the Prem or come to another league yeah. and just prove. And not—I hate to say prove himself in another league because I don't think you need to do that. But I just love to see him like at City or wherever. One person we haven't mentioned who was almost my pick and then I realised he was only going to be, you know, kind of 24 by this time and would still have the time in front of him was Kamavinga. See, I put Kamavinga as, as a central midfielder. I was a bit more of a ball winner than a ball playmaker yeah, type. I, I, we'll, we'll, move, we'll just move yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pick, give me an example pick for DM. But yeah. I mean, Kamavinga is just an insane talent. Um, I've watched him for a couple of years now since he made his debut. Um, the what two, three years now, and I've just been so impressed with him. He's moved slightly further forward. Um, a lot of people see him as a kind of natural heir to Pogba, as that sort of type of midfielder. And I could see that. I could see him playing defensive midfielder as well. I could see him playing in, in that kind of traditional eight playmaker sort of advanced role. And I think that's the sort of midfielder we're looking for here. Um, certainly on the people on my list, that's, who, that's kind of the idea I've gone for. But Kamavinga is just incredibly talented. He's almost certainly going to get a big move soon. I think his contract's only got a year left to run next summer. Um, so he's definitely in line for a big move. There'll be a fight for him on a free. It's going to be a huge fight for him. Huge. PSG are going to be wanting in, in there. Real Madrid are going to be in there. There's going to be Premier League clubs in there. I know United are still Manchester United are still sniffing around in this summer, um, and I think that'll be that'll be a great. It's, he's going to be a great addition for whoever gets him. He's going to be a fantastic addition. But um, another name I've got on this list, same sort of age, Jude Bellingham, because oh, he's just bloody. He's just really, really good, isn't he, Jude Bellingham? Yeah. He just makes. Brilliant. He makes, He's one of those players that makes the game look easy. And I don't think you can kind of overlook that in a player. There's not many players who started, obviously he was more of a winger. I know when we were in the championship, he played there for Birmingham. Not many players at that age who were in attacking positions are willing to do the defensive dirty work as well. And he lo he loves a dirty tackle. Do you know what I mean? His dad were a National League player. I suppose that probably tells you why, where that came from. But mm -hmm. It definitely helps. Um and yeah, he, he, I mean, I, I keep, I, I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself a lot here, but he's another who's going to get a move soon. 
to a to a bigger club than Dortmund. I mean, that's Dortmund's policy as well. They set they sell and then they yeah. buy and sell them on for massive money. Um, I don't think a Premier League return for Jude Bellingham is too far away, to be honest. Um, but he's a fantastic pick. Another name I got on this list. Um, I think you're probably going to shake your head at this one, Mason Mount, because I think he's going to. I think he's the midfield. Um, I know he plays in a more attacking role for Chelsea at the moment, but I look at him and I just think you're going to be an excellent midfielder, a, an excellent central midfielder. You know, work rate as well. He's got that. He's got so much work rate. He he's he's like how Chelsea must thank their lucky stars because they've just got Frank Lampard again, really. Yeah, fully. They've just got, they've found another Frank Lampard, and if you know if Mount can get close to replicating his goals, then that's one hell of a that's one hell of a talent they've got. Yeah, but um, yeah. So who are we going to pick? Have you any other options? I have, and again, this might be a dispute over position. I put Pedri down. Oh, oh. See, I, I, I got Pedri on the uh, attacking midfielder section. I knew but... this was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but um, well, if, if we're to talk about the attacking midfielder that we went for, and then decide who we want in, who we want where, I imagine we've gone for the same name at attacking midfield. We we may have. Um, but, he, I mean, I, I, I mean, you're you going to fall out with me if I didn't. Yeah, well, Wait, Phil, Phil Foden. It's Phil Foden, right? I mean, yeah. So there's so there's no debating. <laughs> I mean, so, centre mid. I'll give you Mason Mount. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Um, Phil, right? Phil Foden. I mean, Lee, you may as well just go and get a drink at this point because I yeah, talk, I'll be back in five. Talk about Phil for a very long time, but I mean, he is just. I'm actually the... gonna. Yeah, I mean, Phil Foden is just the premier talent in his in that kind of attacking midfield position at the moment. You know, he's hitting double figures for goals now for Manchester City. He is truly, truly, truly special. Um, for a long time, he was considered the David Silva replacement. David Silva is kind of the archetypal number 10 attacking midfielder. But Phil Foden is just so, so special. He's got so much ability on the ball. He's tactically aware. He's so, so just brilliant and intelligent with how he sees the game yeah. working. Had that talent since he was 14, 15, since I first discovered who he was. You know, there's a reason they call him the Stockport Iniesta. And yes, he's been playing more out wide in the past 18 months or so, but he's going to move back into that midfield soon enough. And when he does, you know, it's over for the rest of them, really. Phil Foden is, is the yeah. premier talent at number 10 for the next 15 years for for Manchester City, for England. And I don't think he gets enough appreciation just yet, but hopefully it's coming for him because he really does deserve it. I was going to go for someone else purely because I didn't want to stroke your ego, to be honest. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about other options because um, there, there are other options in this position. So who have you got? Again, this is a position where a lot of players who currently play here probably won't be in a few years a lot of players who don't play here probably will. Um, yeah. Again, Pedri, I think, is in with a shout then if we're, if we're calling him the more attacking midfielder. He was brilliant at the Euros. He's brilliant for Barcelona. He's essentially... Barcelona shouldn't be worried because in two years they will have the Messi-esque playmaker that they just lost. Maybe not to that level, but... But, I mean, that's saying... He's going he's gonna to be that player for them. I mean... I think the one worry I've got with Pedri 
um, it's because of how many games he's playing. You know, to do that so young, is it? And you can say, oh, he's young, they need a lot of game time. But I mean, he is playing a ridiculous amount of games. And if they're not careful, yeah. he could end some long term injuries. We've seen it with other players in the past. Um, Marcus Rashford is one who comes to mind is in that sort of player who's been overplayed at a young age. Yeah. And then is, he's, now suffer- and he's now suffering it at 23, 24. You know, he's played with back injuries and shoulder injuries and stress fractures. And it would be really horrible to see someone with Pedro's talent go the same way. Yeah, f- fully. Um, I think another one worth mentioning is probably goes under the radar because of his age, the league he plays in. Giovanni Reina, I think, is in with a shout if he carries on on the trajectory he's on. Reina isn't. I mean, he 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 was kind of getting the hype at Dortmund before Bellingham came along, and stole the show. <laughs> He kind of got forgotten about a little bit, but I love Giovanni Reina. He's such a talent. And, you know, he can play out wide as well at the moment. I think, And I think much like Phil Foden, he's going to be one who plays out wide at the moment, but he's going to move yeah. in towards the 10-roll. Um, because when you're away getting a drink, that's what I was saying about Phil Foden, he's going to move into that 10-roll. And, Gio, and Gio's going to do the same. He's going to just be an incredible talent. Another person we definitely should mention in this position, I've got him mentioned in the, in the forward areas, but I think he's probably going to be number 10, Kai Havertz. Yeah. Now, there, there's kind of Germany's answer to, you know, the, the replacing Thomas Muller, really. He's going to be, he's an except, he's an exceptional player already. Didn't have the best debut year at Chelsea, but... I, he I scored the biggest goal of the season for him, though, in fairness. You know, he turned, he turned it when it mattered and it hurt my club, but I've, I've always liked Kai Havertz. Um, even when he did move to Chelsea, it didn't change my opinion of him. I know for a fact he's going to have a fantastic year in the Premier League this season and for Germany, um, especially if they can get things going under Hansi Flick. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going. I'm not even going to let you. I'd let you have the other three picks if you don't get Foden. Yeah, I mean, he's just insane. But moving towards the forward areas, um, let's see your picks for out wide. So um, again. This was extremely, extremely difficult because the ones that are spoken about and are in your face and there on the radar are all all the young players and yeah. wingers at this point. When you when you look at the Mbappe, I think is an undisputable shout for I, I think I've which yeah. wing did I put him on? I put him on the right. I don't know why. I think I just couldn't decide on the wings, so I just kind of went for that. But Mbappe is just unreal, isn't he? I know he had a bit of a shocker at the Euros, but... I mean, there's no denial. There's no the talent. Win- winning a league with Monaco at 17, dethroning PSG. Yeah, um, naturally. He's just so talented. That's it then. Went to the World Cup and was a star for France at that World Cup. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all kind of had a go at him after the Euros and, you know, we're all laughing at him. But we can't forget... Two years, well, three years before that, at the World Cup in Russia, he was one of the best players there at 18. You know, what were we doing at 18? <laughs> I mean, watching, the- watching the Euros. <laughs> well, the <laughs> World Cup even for me. <laughs> you know, so who are we to kind of sit here and slag off yeah. his kid? He's just won the World Cup for his country um, at 18 years old. But um, I've got four names written down as the wingers because I couldn't pick them. But um, um, Mbappe is the one that I am. I'm not yeah. changing my mind. There's, there's no debate. There's no debate about Mbappe. It doesn't matter what side you put him on. There's no debate. And I mean, he's and he might even move to striker. But I mean, 
for the purposes of this, um, as I think there's one name at striker we've both got, but we'll come to that later. Um, I think Mbappe has to take one of these positions. But let's hear some of the other options that you've got. Um, the one that I didn't go for, but is in with a shout, is Ferran Torres. I'm sure you'll agree. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean... I think he is better on the right wing than yeah. he is as a direct left winger. Just his crossing ability when he, he were in a 4-4-2 system, weren't he, when he were at Valencia and... Valencia. His job was literally to get up front and cross it in for on-running Rodrigo and the other guy. The other one. Yeah, but they, they played a 4-4-2, didn't they? So um, it was very much the, the strikers getting into the box and he was not very Spanish way of playing for Valencia, to be honest. But, um, but I mean, the great thing about Ferran Torres is he still has that kind of Spanish way possession football in oh, him yeah. Because you, you get in every youth academy in Spain, they teach that way of playing. Comes to City, um, and he had he had a pretty good year um, for someone who he didn't play very much. But when he did, he always made an impression. He, you get the feeling with Ferran is he's always close to scoring. You know, he's, he's always got you've always got the feeling he can score a goal. Yeah. Great thing about him is he can play anywhere in the front three. He's going to probably end up spending a lot of his time at City as a striker because of our wide options, and he's he's got that kind of natural striker's instinct which can serve him well out wide as well to get goals we um, very nearly fell victim to that last season I thought he constantly felt a threat against us yeah he's he's just he's a brilliant threat and he's and the more he learns the, uh, the older he gets and the more he learns about pressing and knowing when to go get tracking back he can he can genuinely be an exceptional talent but speaking of someone who's kind of taking the opposite route to him and it's more of a left-field option, Gabriel Jesus. Now, this is someone who arrived in England at 18 years old from Brazil with the weight of the with the weight of his country on his back as a striker. And he struggled at times, but he's still got something like 90 goals for Manchester City in his time here. Um, and yeah, he struggled, but I think a move out wide has benefited him and Brazil. And it's time, and I think it could be time it benefits him at City as well, and wherever he goes after City, because he's probably not going to be here from too much longer. But Gabriel Jesus is a fantastic talent. Um, we've seen it in action at, um, a, couple, a couple of weeks ago away to Norwich uh, when Norwich were at the Etihad. Um, got two fantastic assists. Just ran up, the ran up the touchline. Nice through ball to him. Put it in the box with inch perfect delivery, and it was a goal. He's just he's just a really really fantastic yeah. player, but I expect it's a, it's a left field option, and I know you've got a left field option as well. Yeah, um... another Brazilian. <laughs> I mentioned this before. He's not my pick, but it is another Brazilian. Some way after. I I think Rafinha would be my my left field pick because he would be twenty nine in this scenario. He's not one dimensional. He's played as the right winger for Leeds, cutting in on the left. He's played on the left. Sometimes Bielsa switches the wings. Um, he he can for me he could play in the number ten role if he had to because he's got such a, a ludicrous range of passing. And I think he's he's just got his first Brazil call up, which unfortunately for him doesn't look like um, it's a real, he's going to be shot. able to attend. But n- nine assists for his last season and some of the goals he scored, and I I think. Playing, can you? I mean, yeah, well, I, I was worried we were going to lose him this summer, to be honest. But um, 
Apparently, we've rejected bids for some of our top players, and I would assume he would be one of them. Surely, surely. But, um, I mean, I mean, yeah. I look at him sort of in the same way, and you're not going to like this. I look at him sort of in the same way as Jota going to Liverpool. If he finds that move, you know, I yeah. don't. I, I actually don't think it will be to another Premier League club. I think Leeds will refuse to sell him to another Premier League club. Yeah, fully. But when he gets a move, you know, I, I could genuinely see him in five years' time playing at a Real Madrid, playing at a Barcelona. Fully. Because he, you can see his ability. You can see his ability on the ball. You can see if he ju- if he spent if he spends more and more time with Bielsa, he's going to become more tactically aware. And he can and he can genuinely become an exceptional player. Um, Not going to go for him. Just to no. be clear, but I thought he deserved a mention. Shout another uh, another worth a shout. Maybe could be a pick. I think we're probably going to have to debate this one out. Uh, Federico Chiesa. Absolutely. I was going to mention another winger at the same club. Let me, Kulisevsky. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will, we'll talk about both. Of them. <laughs> they're, they're both exceptional talents, you know. Um, Turn, they've turned up for Juve very, very young as well. And they're, perform- and they're performing for Juve. Uh, Chiesa was fantastic, especially in the later stages for Italy at the Euros. Um, he became a real, really, really important player for Italy. And he's going to become a more and more important player as he develops. Same for Kulisevsky. Um, But yeah, Kulisevsky, Chiesa, what's your take? Again, I, I suppose at, at the end of the day, in five years' time, Kiers is going to be pretty much in his peak. Kulosevsky is still going to have a way to go. But I, I didn't really realise how young Kulosevsky was, but that's again because he's been your football manager wonder kid for the last four four iterations. Yeah. Now you forget how young they still are. But um, Kiers were brilliant in at the Euros. He's a brilliant footballer. A lot of people didn't really know who he was before the Euros, I know we did, um, but... Um, We're football nerds, aren't we? So, of course, we do. <laughs> that's, that's where it starts, though, I suppose, a lot of your player knowledge, doesn't it? But uh, there's just so many good players who are going to be... You've got to... There's hudson odoi has got a way to go, Trinkow, there's all these brilliant, brilliant wide... Sancho. This is going to be the hardest. What, Sancho? Exactly, there's that many that I hadn't even thought of Sancho. I mean, Jane Sancho, just Saka. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's just, he, he's fantastic, even though he wears that red red shirt now, which, you know. Yeah. But I mean, if, if, another, <laughs> if another player who played out wide um, in a red shirt 15, 20 years ago for Manchester United, if there's anything yeah. to go, he'll be. He's done all right, yeah. <laughs> do all right for himself. I, I, Vinicius Junior, we haven't mentioned. His Junior. I mean, he's someone who's kind of been forgotten about recently, but he's still a fantastic talent. I mean, it's hard. Um, go, go, go on, who are you going to pick? We, we've got the right footer nailed down. That's Mbappe. We were talking in the in the England episode about how we liked the two-dimensional attack. So I'm going to narrow down his options by saying we're not picking a right footer. But then that opens up so many more options we haven't thought about. I... It's difficult. It's difficult. It's so difficult. But um, we haven't even mentioned Canabry. Yeah, Canabry. Sort of what twenty five. Top, top, top. So many. Good really, players. really top player. Um, I mean, Leroy. You know, is he's in that category. Well. 
Sane has had a bad he's a he's had a bad time since going to Bayern Munich. But I mean, if he can get back to where he was at Manchester City and then progress from there again, I mean, I, I used to say he was a Ballon d'Or winner, and then I just ho- I hope he can get back there um, because yeah. I loved. Um, but I think Kiers has to pip it. Kiers has to pip it. Yeah, purely because of how good he was in that tournament. He's going to have more tournaments coming up, more time. He's already a, a massive club. You know, Serie A is not an easy league either. And no. A lot of people look at it Tough. and think it's the Premier League arrogance. People think that we're by far that, you know, all the other leagues are nothing. But Serie A is a difficult league. Better and better as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with Mbappe and Chiesa for the wide positions. And I think, you know, we've both got, I think, there's only one choice of striker, really, isn't there? The lead, the Leeds born, Leeds born, Manchester City fan in his youth as well. So we've both got kind of emotional links to him. Erling Haaland. Uh, where to start with it? It's it, it's not a question of, you know, you know how do we Erling Haaland? It's just where do we start with? Him? How do you start to describe you know this monster? That's how you describe him. That single word. It's it's like he isn't human. Twenty-seven appearances for Red Bull, for Red Bull Salzburg, and the move to Borussia Dortmund. He's got sixty-two goals and sixty-three <laughs> appearances. Um, <laughs> Stupid number. I will always remember his game against PSG in the first leg. Yeah, that finish seconds after Neymar scored the kicked off. That just, was the most powerful shot I've ever seen. It's just, and the the thing that always surprises me about Erling Haaland. Is he's just is he just completely calm? Yeah, he's you know you know you see some forwards, he's like some of the great all time forwards, um, Sergio Aguero for example, very aggressive player, very kind of nippy and you know likes to almost bully defenders, but Haaland bullies defenders without ever looking phased at all. Um, he's just he's he's it's almost magical to watch him really because he's so robotic and so powerful but so calm, and then you to his interviews and he's just so deadpan and just nothing <laughs> what an interview yeah just nothing bothers him he's yeah. just an all he's just like well he's he already is one of the best strikers in the world at the moment um UEFA forward of the year this year as well uh he's gonna get a big move obviously very very soon he's got the release clause in his contract that uh, will become available next summer um, so he's probably going to have Madrid chasing after him. He's going to have Bayern. He's going to have Manchester United, Manchester City, probably PSG. All the elite clubs are going to be after someone like Erling Haaland or Erling Haaland. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he's just, he's, he's, he, we're talking about a future all time great here, aren't we, really, with Erling Haaland? 100%. Just uh, ludicrous footballer. I just hope he drops his agent because he's a prick. Yeah. It's just, it, 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 <laughs> it, 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 it's a shame, you know, because. We want, I think the whole world wants to see Erling Haaland just become the player we all know he can be and already yeah. is to be. But with an eight, with me and Ariala as your agent, it just, it, you know, just look what happened to Paul Pogba. You know, <laughs> I mean, Paul Pogba, you know, Leeds and City fan here, you can't deny he's, <laughs> his talent is there, his talent is exceptional. But for we, the last- we were very much a victim of it on opening day. Don't traumatize me like that for assists. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's an exceptional footballer, and I just fear the same for Haaland sticking yeah. with Mikola. 
because I, I don't want him to be constantly bogged down by transfer speculation. You know, even if City don't get him next season, if if we're in for if we're still going to be in for a striker, even if we don't get him next season, I want him to go somewhere and yeah. be able to come to the best of his abilities because it's just a joy watching players like that play. You know, it reminds me. It reminds me when I was younger, and you know, you know, watching players like Eto, watching you know Drogba, watching Henri, yeah. watching the great strikers. And Erling Haaland is going to become one of them, and you don't want him to have his career ruined by an agent. He just wants to pay it every couple of years off him. Yeah, I think um, again, I, th- I think un- undisputed. I-, I think we need to move on to the honourable mentions because there's a lot more argument to be had there than there is in terms of who's the best going to be. I think. Um, so, where? If- where- I had Joao Felix written down because I didn't really know where he could fit in. He's somewhere between the attacking midfield and, and striker positions, but he's he's so going to be brilliant. Front for Benfica uh, when he was there and was exceptional when he was 18. Got that massive move to Atletico Madrid to replace um, Anton Griezmann. And has kind of he's been the player playing off the striker for Atletico yeah. most of the time. Um, hasn't had the greatest of times there, but he's still an exceptional talent. Um, but I think he's probably going to need a move to a new club to kind of really get to the level he, we all know he can be. Um, but yeah, I love Shao Felix. Otaro um, Martinez. Such a good player. I mean, he, he's He'll be 28. Of, I mean, he's sort of Aguero's heir at Argentina. Isn't he? you know, he's, got, he's got that kind of low centre of gravity. Um, bit shorter, but just fast. Powerful, strong, creative. Um, he's just had a, he's just had a couple of years playing off Lukaku, um, and Lukaku, and uh, Lukaku is an exceptional person to kind of learn off. I mean, Lukaku is only going to be thirty-two. Um, it's not it's not the end of the world to be thirty-two. No, a striker. It's, it's towards the it's towards the end. But you know, thirty-two is not a bad age to be a striker. Um, some others. What? Who else? Who else are you thinking about really when it comes to strikers of the future? Um, there's. I, I don't want to stroke your ego again, Liam Delap. If if he if City it's, don't sign a striker, he's going to get game time this season. He's going to bully his way into that team. Hard not to be excited by by someone like Liam Delap. Um, I mean, he's only going to be twenty three in five years' time, which is yes. scary to think about. Um, you know. And I know youth football, you can't really compare it to men's football, yeah. but he was, he was, he broke all the goal scoring records in the under 23s league in England last season. Um, he's going to be, he's going to be an exceptional talent. And in, you know, if this was a list in 10 years' time, <laughs> definitely, Delat would be number one. I, I wouldn't be taking it away, but yeah, he's going to be up there. Um, he's co- kind of compatriot, Mason Greenwood, um, the other side of the city at Manchester United. He's going to be up there. I mean, they've got huge yeah. hopes for their new centre to be. Moyes Keane. Yeah, he's going to. He, hopefully, he can get a move out of Everton because, as we all know, Everton isn't the best place to kind of come through as a young player, really. They don't really give that many opportunities. And he's kind of burned a few bridges there. But hopefully, yeah. he probably was at PSG and at Juve. There's other Luis Suarez, the one from Granada. He's only. He's going to be 28. <laughs> Yeah, he's a really, really interesting player. Darwin Nunes at Benfica is a lot of yeah. hype about 
Brown, Jonathan, Kimmies. David. There's so many of them. Leo, God, you know, you know, the world of football is truly going to be blessed by it. If a lot of these wonder kids that we've seen over the past couple of years, they go on and match their potential, then you know, I, it's scary to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Like when, well, when you think of all the top clubs, and you think of all the clubs who are going to try and break through, you know, into their country's top four. I mean, look at someone like Leeds United. If they got a wonder kid like a Jonathan David in. Um, we were in for him last summer. He just wanted he wanted to start and he wanted to win a trophy. So you know, you know, if if clubs like that get hold of players like that, then the sky is really the limit um for multitude. Um one name I do want to mention before we finish um is Pat Sandaka, just moved to Leicester. Mm. Um haven't seen him play yet for Leicester, I don't think, but He's going to be a. If he he had a fantastic season at Salzburg last year, he and everyone expected him to kind of follow the same path as Haaland, you know, go from Salzburg to the Bundesliga. But he's come to the Premier League um, with Jamie Vardy and Ian Acho as his kind of players to beat out. I think he can probably do it. To be fair, he's a fantastic talent. But there's only one pick, and it's Erling Haaland. Yeah, um, undisputed. Kind of. To finalise it, our, our best 11 for 2026 is Gianluigi Donnarumma at goalkeeper, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right-back, Ruben Diaz and Alessandro Bastoni at centre-back. Um, what did we agree on for left-back? Was it Davies or Theo? I very reluctantly allowed you to have Davies, I think. Let me have Davies. So <laughs> Under protest. <laughs> but I mean, it could be either. But Alfonso... Yeah. Left back Joshua Kimmich at uh, defensive midfield with Phil Foden and any one of Camav- Eduardo Camavinga, Jude Bellingham, Mason Mount as well joining. We him. went for Mason Mount. We went. We went for. We went for Mason Mount. Um, Kylian Mbappe, Federico Chiesa out wide with the monster that is Erling Haaland through the middle of striker. It's not a bad eleven, is it? Really, not at all. <laughs> You, you look at that and you think when they're all 34, 35, PSG are going to want to buy them all and win a cha- and try and win a Champions League, aren't they? Like <laughs> sliding there, sliding. Um, but that's it for this week's episode of the dugout.uk football podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I hope we have you back soon.